You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the Spirit, Part 2. Enjoy. This was what we were talking about last week. She says, this is church, to be in this atmosphere regularly, receiving grace by faith, God's operational power for my completion. God's operational power for my completion is priceless. So grateful for what God is doing among us. That's what we began talking about in our first Sunday together in 2019. God's operational power for your completion. That's what his grace is. God operating in your life to make you whole. That's what he does. That's his purpose. Making you whole strengthening you, healing you, setting you free so that you can live an unhindered life with him. We said that this is the year of the Spirit, and I believe the Lord has been encouraging me to encourage you in this. And I said it like this last week. I'm going to read it again, that this will be, 2019, will be a year in which you will consciously and consistently live by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit more than ever before in your life. And it will be characterized this year that your relationship with Him, your life this year, will be characterized by effortless change. Effortless change. Not by you trying harder, but by you leaning more on Him. By you leaning more, yielding more to Him. Keep your mind stayed on Him. Come ready every week to be transformed. We're not staying the same. It's time for you to know your true identity. That's exactly what we're talking about today, Jennifer. Holy Spirit, thank you. Isaiah 8, 18. Here's your true identity. Are you ready? Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. That's why you're in the earth. You're a sign and a wonder. You're living proof of God's love. See, our identity, our identity we're going to find is not in the things that we do, It's not in what others have said about us. It's in the simple truth that God loves us. Your identity is realized as you become sure and certain of his love for you. God is so good. Zechariah 4.6. Let's get back into it. Effortless change, effortless change. 
Hallelujah. I love what he's doing week to week. It's a different atmosphere this week. Very peaceful, isn't it? It was peaceful last week, but it was a different feel to it. I love it. Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah, the prophet, is speaking to Zerubbabel, who is the one who was called to rebuild the temple, and he's encouraging him because it looks impossible. Zerubbabel's been in bondage. The temple's laying in ruins. And the prophet says to him, this is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel. You're not going to fulfill your destiny by your own strength and wisdom. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And you may look at your life and, look and, and, and see ruins or rubble or the, the remains of what once was, but the Lord wants to put you back together again. He wants to build a new life for you, but this time it's going to be different. This time you're going to have an internal strength that is greater than anything that ever could come against you. This time there's going to be a buoyancy inside of you. You won't be able to sing. I, I like water. I've always enjoyed water. But that's how my dad taught me to swim. He threw me in the deep end. And, uh, and that was fun. And, uh, but I like jumping in the water and, and when you have a life jacket on. It, just, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. It doesn't, you just, you're enjoying yourself floating on your back. There's not even a thought of you sinking, right? You can enjoy the buoyancy of the water. Because you're floating, you're, you're, you're on top. This new life that God is, has prepared for you is a life where you're buoyant, where you're on top, and there's no fear of ever sinking again. I love that. You're moving forward in God's destiny for your life. You're not going backwards. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. God's with you. He's holding your right hand. He's leading and guiding you. He's covered you. He's gone before you. He will not let you down. We learned last week that Zechariah, the prophet's name, means Yahweh remembers. God hasn't forgotten what you've been through. God hasn't forgotten the dreams and the desires and the things that he wrote in his book before you ever came into the earth. And he's faithful to bring them about in your life. Let him rebuild your life. Let him make all things new. Let him bring you to completion. You're the temple of God. You're made for his presence to be manifest in the life. You're the conduit between heaven and earth. You're a channel, a conduit for his presence everywhere you go. How's your life going to be rebuilt? How's this going to happen? Where are you going to go to learn this? It's going to happen by his grace. Not by you attending a, 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 a school of life rebuilding. Not by you getting a degree in, in, in uh, how to rebuild my life. It's going to happen by you leaning on him. By you resting in him. 
Lean your whole personality on him. And you'll start to notice that those things that used to weigh you down will become uh, weaker. And they'll start to fall off. And as time passes this year, you're not going to even remember them anymore. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know what's happening right now. This is not a prepared homily. This is a, a, a person who, who has a calling, myself, who's given myself to the Holy Spirit for the last 30 years and for this very moment that we're in right now so that you could be strengthened, edified, and, and, and launched into the new life God has for you. That's what's happening right now. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, okay? You're going to learn the ministry of the Holy Spirit this year. Many believers are afraid of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, because they've been exposed to things that people said were the Holy Spirit that weren't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird and odd and goofy. He's new life. He's healing. He's wisdom. He's strength. He's joy and peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So you, this new life is going to uh, come together by God's grace. And any time during this year, if there's a time where you feel like, you know what, I just can't do this anymore. I've failed too many times. Instead of trying harder, I want you to do this. Focus on the grace of God. And say right to your challenge, grace. Grace. I am victorious because I've received God's grace the abundance of his grace, and the gift of his righteousness. Meditate on Romans 5.17 this week. Romans 5.17. Anytime you, 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 you're given some exhortation like that, grab that. Write it down. Put it on your phone. Go over it this week. It's for you. Romans 5.17. You're made to reign as a king in this life. And it's time to do that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Grace, it's God's operational power at work in your life to bring about your completion. And it doesn't matter what area there's a hole or there's an opening or there's a wound, His grace will fix it. His grace may, has made you safe. His grace has made you safe. This is a year of safety and, and, and fear-free living. I believe I'm, I'm just speaking by the Spirit of God right now. And it's truly really fun to listen. He's encouraging. I'm saying these things not to, I'm not interested in trying to elevate myself. I want you to know what we're doing here. This is not a religious exercise. We're, 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 we are the church, right? We're not trying to get to heaven. We've gathered on a Sunday morning, great morning to do it. It's the first day of the week. We give God our first fruits every week, right? To hear him, to worship him and experience him, and that's what's happening right now. Now, I believe God has prepared a special meal for you this morning. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Take your religious goggles off. 
Get those religious Beats headphones off. <laughs> and let's hear what the Lord says. Colossians chapter 1, verse um, 13. Verse 13. This is the essence of what the Lord has for us this morning. The Holy Spirit wants you to experience the culture of God's kingdom, which consists of love, joy, peace, and life abundantly. We experience the culture of God's kingdom by learning the language of his kingdom. God's promises are the language of his kingdom. That's a summary of what the Lord has for us today. Let's read Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us, thank you, Lord, out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. <laughs> Notice it's past tense. We're not waiting for him to do this. When Christ rose from the dead and ascended to the Father, we were rescued. He rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. Did you know Satan had a kingdom? And brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Who's that? Jesus. The first begotten from the dead, but he wasn't the last. Right? We followed him, didn't we? We were born again from the dead. So there are two kingdoms in the earth. Religion won't teach you this. Religion teaches, teaches you that everything that happens is God's will, but the Bible doesn't teach that. Get rid of that thinking. It will cripple you. It's not true. There are two kingdoms happening here on this planet. Satan's kingdom is not a lawful kingdom. He gained it by deception. He stole it from Adam. God gave the kingdom of the earth to Adam. God made Adam sovereign over the earth. Read Genesis. It's exactly what he did. And I guess I may as well say it. People get a little tense when you start using the word sovereign. God is sovereign but his sovereignty has been wrongly defined. Did you hear that? Yes, God is sovereign, but his, his sovereignty too often has been wrongly defined and wrongly taught. Okay? Sovereignty means he's above all. But what the Bible clearly teaches us is that he gave sovereignty over the earth to man and that Satan stole that sovereignty through Adam's willful sin. When that happened, everything on earth changed. It went from paradise to devastation. We're living in a nasty world. It was never God's will for it to be this way, and it's still not. Okay? God is not controlling everything in this world. The Bible doesn't teach that. Jesus didn't teach that. 
Jesus very clearly demonstrated and taught that Satan is the ruler of this world. See, if you're going to lean on the Holy Spirit, you need to know the nature of God. Jesus called him the prince of this world, the ruler of this world. Those are Jesus' very own words in the gospel. Paul the apostle, by revelation of the Holy Spirit, called Satan the God of this world. We are in no way being disrespectful by God, to God, by talking about this. We are re- we're acknowledging the truth of what God has shown us in his, in his scriptures. So Satan's kingdom is not a lawful kingdom. He stole it. And this kingdom of darkness and gloom is built on deception. Things that aren't true but you might think they're true. This, the Bible uses this term darkness. What is darkness? It's the absence of light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He said, I am the truth. In other words, light and truth go together. So this kingdom of darkness and gloom is a place that is void of light and truth. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you're receiving light and truth. Not only about him, but about yourself. Satan hates that. Because the more light and truth you receive, the more free you become. The healthier you become. The stronger you become the more victorious you, can be, you become. Now, interesting about a kingdom, each kingdom, if we're going to look at these two kingdoms, has a culture. Anytime where any beings gather together regularly, a culture is developed, right? What do I mean by a culture? The atmosphere that is created for certain things to grow in. There's an atmosphere that's created that certain things will grow in in the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of God. Culture comes from the word cultivate, which means to purposefully prepare for growth. Satan has purposely prepared to steal from you. God purposefully prepared to make you whole by sending his son. The culture of God's kingdom is life abundantly, and it's built on light and truth. The culture of Satan's kingdom is sickness, poverty, lack, depression, confusion, selfishness, and it's built on deception. Here's a question for you. Who determines the culture that you live in? Yeah, we do, don't we? I determine the culture I'm going to live in. 
No one can control you. There's an operation taking place in here this morning. The Word of God is quick and powerful. And it's doing some things in your life right now. Let it, let it work. No one can control you. No one can make you do anything. I get a kick sometimes out of some of the shows we're watching. We were watching this old show called The Rifleman. You ever seen that show? We like that show. But there's this show where this man is threatening this woman with a gun. And this woman gets afraid. And I'm thinking, don't let him make you afraid. No one can harm you. No. Don't let anyone threaten you. You're safe. No one can control you. God's on your side. What determines the atmosphere of the culture I choose to live in? What determines the atmosphere of the culture I live in? Listen closely. The words that are spoken in that culture and the words that are believed in that culture. A culture an atmosphere is created by spoken and believed words. You need to know what we're talking about. It's going to help you. Let's put this into a, a natural example. When I was in the Navy, I got orders to go to, to the Mediterranean. I was going to be stationed there for two years. I was going to live in Naples, Italy. Tough duty, right? And uh, so, so I wanted to experience the culture of that country. If you want to experience the culture of a country, what's the first thing you should do? Learn the language. So I got an Italian book and I started learning. You know, and I went through it and I started getting pretty good at it. And I got over there the first year, but however... I knew I wasn't going to be living there. And my responsibilities, I traveled quite a bit. So I was going to many different countries regularly. And after the first year, I was like, you know what? And I was trying to learn a little bit of the languages of all these different countries, and it just got too much for me. And I thought, there's only one place on earth I'm ever really going to be able to use Italian, and that's in Italy. So my motivation to learn it kind of drifted, and I didn't keep studying it. But if I knew I was going to live in a country, permanently, the first thing I would do is learn that language. If I knew I'm going to move from this country and live in that country, not for a year, but I'm going to live there, the first thing I would do would learn that language. Because if I don't know the language of the country I'm living in, I'm not going to experience the benefits of it. If I want to experience the culture of God's kingdom, I have to learn his language. I have to learn the language of heaven. Listen to me. God's promises are the language of his kingdom. 
2 Peter chapter 1 says that it's through His promises that we become partakers of His nature, of the culture of His kingdom. If I don't know His promises, it doesn't matter if I'm born again. I'm not going to experience His kingdom until I get to heaven. So that we're not robots that we can all of a sudden push a button and our life is better. We give our life to Christ. And we are born again. Our spirit is made new. But now we've got to learn the language of God. And that language is found in the scriptures. The promises of God, specifically. The promises of God tell me who he is. The Lord is my light, his kingdom, and my salvation. Why would I ever fear someone with a gun? Psalm 27, 1. Right? Come on. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, no one except someone with a gun. No, no one. If the Lord is my light and my salvation. Come on, are we going to believe this? Or are we going to be la-di-da Christians? Sunday school believers. No. I've got a life to live. I've got a Monday morning to face. I need a God who's real. I don't live in Sunday school. I'm living in, in, in planet earth where, where Satan's the God of this world. I need a real Jesus. That's not, that, that's not found in a book, but he's alive and breathing inside of me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. This is the language of the kingdom. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Where is that at in the scriptures? Psalm 27.1. I already said it, right? Meditate on that. I gave you Romans 5.17. See, as I meditate on these promises, I begin to learn the language of God. He'll change the way you talk. And when I change the way I talk, I change the way I think. Don't try and do the opposite. Don't try and change the way you think and then change the way you talk. It doesn't work. Change the way you talk. Anyone can do that. Give you an example. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. You did it. You just did it. If you can do that, you can change your life. See, the, de- the power of death and life are right here, not here. If you can just say it, you can experience it. That's what Jesus taught us in Mark 11, right? 22 through 24. So now let's look at Colossians again, understanding that there are two kingdoms and that we experience a, a kingdom or a culture based on the words we speak and believe. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, Do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. That's what his promises are. His promises will give you the knowledge of his will. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Now I know it's God's will to be my light and to keep me safe. The Lord is the strength of my life. Now I know it's God's will to be my strength. Do you see how that works? When I learn his promises, I learn his will. 
Not every scripture you read will reveal the will of God to you. There are a lot of things in the Bible, and there's a purpose for them, but you have to keep everything in context. It's the promises of God in the Bible that clearly reveal to us the will of God for our lives. Okay? Very important to understand that. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. If you're born again, but you don't have the knowledge of His will inside of you, you're going to struggle. You're going to live a defeated life. Because it's the knowledge of His will that gives you confidence to stand when Satan tempts you. With all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you make walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The promises of God reveal to us the knowledge of God. Okay? And the promises of God are the language of His kingdom. Strengthened with all might. Amen. Be strengthened with all might. You will as you meditate on His promises. Man, I was having some challenges in the last couple of weeks. And I said, I'm just going to meditate on the truth of what God says about me. And the more I meditate, I mean, I just made time to sit down and stare at His promises. And the more I did it, the stronger I got. Strengthened with all might according to His gracious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers, participators of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Do you know what that word, we got that verse, we move it along with me guys, verse 13, verse 13. You know what that word power is there? You know what, do you have the uh, New King James Version? Someone can help back there, put the New King James Version of that up. It should be right in a row. Eden, if you're available, if you can help out back there. Eden, someone. Put the uh, New King James Version. It should be already in the presentation you're working with. Just all the verses should be right in a row. 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. All right, we're going to keep moving. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. All right, the power of darkness. What does that word power mean? Anyone know what that word power is there? There are two main, main words in the Greek used in the New Testament. One is dunamis. We get a word dynamite. That's not this word. It's authority. Where does authority come from? Words that are spoken and believed. Listen, I want you to stay awake. There are different times in our walk with our Lord. The Lord is ministering to you right now. Grab a hold of this. And, and what Satan wants you to do, he wants you to think your deliverance is going to come with a lightning bolt. That it's going to be spectacular. And all of a sudden you'll be free. That's not how it works. God speaks. We receive it. And we experience it. Your deliverance is in your mouth. The life you long for is in your mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is the key to it right here. So he's saying we've been taken out of the words. 
which are the authority of darkness, and we've been brought into the words of the kingdom of God's Son. Authority comes from words. Look at Acts 26, verses 17 and 18. Same thing. The Apostle Paul speaks, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. He says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Follow along with me. Verse 18. And from the power of Satan to God. What's that word power there? What's that word power? Should have the uh, New King James up there first. Same word, authority. Same word. So God's transferring people out of darkness into light. How? Through His word, His promises. If you want to be free, fill your mind and heart with the promises of God. Some people don't want to hear that because Satan will make you lazy. He will he'll, he'll have it so that, you know, people will have to feed you. People will have to dress you. You can't enjoy life that way. The kingdom of darkness makes you lazy where everyone's got to do something for you. The kingdom of God makes you strong, independent of man, dependent on God. Come on, it's time to exercise the authority God has given you in your life. How do I do that? By speaking his promises over my life on Monday morning. I, and, and, and if the words of the, Satan come my way, I tear them apart with God's promises. You can't expect to listen to the words of Satan and experience the life God has for you. Listen to me. The media that we hear so much is full of darkness. I'm not talking about people. They don't know any better. They're just they're being influenced by spirits of darkness. I hope you're not letting words of darkness form your identity. Your identity is not found in the news media. Your identity is found in God's love for you. Hallelujah. From the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who sanctify by faith in me. So when you start hearing God's words and receive God's words, you receive forgiveness, you receive righteousness, you receive grace, you receive healing. Now let me see if I can get through this. Just listening to the Holy Spirit as we go forward. I want you to stay awake. Stay awake. Okay, let's look at the Living Bible, verse 18. To open their eyes to their true condition. Man, I like that. So when God's words come, when you start meditating on his promises, your eyes will be open to your true condition. And don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. Listen, if you want a wound to heal, you got to expose it to the air. You do. You can't just cover it and hide it. Let God uh, reveal to you your need for him. Let him do it. Don't be afraid of this. There's a condition that God wants to deliver you from. Let him reveal it to you. Open their eyes to their true condition so that they may repent and live. 
When God reveals us things to us, it's so we can live, so that we can enjoy the life he has for us, so that we can be free and strong, so that you can live in the light of God instead of Satan's darkness, so that they may receive forgiveness for their sins and God's inheritance, all that he purchased for you through Christ. Now, there's two types, there's two kingdoms in the earth, and there's two types of authority in the earth, right? The authority of Satan and the authority of God. The authority of Satan is uh, to steal from you, to kill and destroy you. Each culture, each kingdom has an agenda. Which kingdom are you listening to? Whichever kingdom you listen to, the the agenda of that kingdom will begin to happen in your life. What is the agenda of Satan's kingdom? Jesus told us, we don't have to guess, John 10.10, right? To steal, kill, and destroy. That is Satan's agenda for your life. You can put it up there. To steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. That's his agenda. That's what he's after. And you're not going to change that. You can't talk him out of it. He hates you. He always has and he always will. Why? Because God loves you so much. All right? So don't, don't negotiate with the devil. Rebuke him. All right? Now, so his agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. What's his method? How does he do that? Deception. But what? Words that are not true. He'll speak things to you about yourself and about others that aren't true. And, and the man, you can't see through this apart from Christ. Man has institutions built on deception because they listen to what dark spirits were telling them and they're teaching people things that are going to leave them in bondage for the rest of their lives. You can't know who you are apart from the light of Christ. You can't live the life you were made to live apart from the light of Christ. What are the tools of Satan's kingdom? False ideas, words, right? If you'll listen to Satan's words, your life will be a life motivated by fear and self. Fear and self. That sums up unregenerated man's life, does it not? Isn't that what we see in the news? Fear and self. Fear and self, right? If you're listening to the words of of Satan's kingdom, it will lead to anxiety, a confused identity, emptiness, and depression. The primary thing that Satan wants to steal from you is what? Your identity. I I hope you're listening. This is not just another day. This is a moment in your life where you need to grab a hold of what the Holy Spirit's sharing. The primary thing Satan wants to steal from you is your identity. He does not want you to be the person God made you to be. 
And if ever there was a time of confused identity in the earth, it is now. Does not want you to be the person God created you to be. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Satan did the same thing with Jesus. Listen, we want light to come in. Don't be afraid of this. Let God love you. Would you let him love you? It's hard sometimes when you've been hurt. And I know you can be afraid, but he's not going to hurt you. Matthew chapter 3, look at Satan. He did the same thing with Jesus. The first thing he went after was the identity of Jesus. Man, are you kidding? No. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus was baptized by John. He goes into the water, and the heavens were opened unto him, and, and John the Baptist saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. That's, a, that's an adverb describing how the Spirit descended, right? doesn't mean the Holy Spirit was a dove. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He doesn't have wings and a, and a beak and white feathers. That's how religion does, right? It's referring to how he descended. He descended gracefully. You see that? Funny the ideas that religion can build, right? Here comes the Holy Spirit. No. He descended like a dove. Okay? And lighting upon him, verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, what's, what's the first thing God wants to do in your life? Confirm your identity. Ah, what's the first thing he says? This is my beloved son. The, the primary thing God wants you to have is your identity in him. That's his agenda. For your identity in him to be known and realized. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God is pleased with you. Hallelujah. Yes. Now look what happens. Remember, this is what the father said. First thing out of his mouth. Jesus hadn't begun his ministry yet. First thing out of the Father's mouth for all to hear, this is his identity. He's my son, and I love him, and I'm pleased with him. Look what happens in chapter 4, verse 3. When the tempter came to him, here's the kingdom of darkness coming now. What's the first thing he says to Jesus? If you are the son of God. What is he after his identity. What was the first thing the father said to him? You're my son. What's the first thing Satan says to him? If you are. He wants you to question what God has done for you. To question who you are in Christ. If you be the son of God, command these stones be made bread. What did Jesus do? Did he call Dr. Phil? No. How, how do you fight against the enemy? Talk shows won't work. Man's methods won't help you. Man's wisdom can't help you. You need the written Word of God. You need it. 
You know, the first thing out of Jesus. Now, if anyone could have blasted Satan, he could have. Right? But he is not stupid. He's efficient in his operation. He knew the most effective way to, to, to take him out is to speak the written Word of God. Why? Because he was living in that culture. He, Jesus chose to make his culture the words of his Father. And that is what has been missing in lives here. There are many Christians who are living defeated lives because they haven't made the words of their Father their culture. And you do this when no one else is around. You do this in the privacy of your bedroom, your kitchen, your garage, your workplace. It's what goes on in here. The first thing out of Jesus' mouth, it is written. I mean, that's, that's not spectacular. Listen, people are looking for the spectacular and missing the salvation of God. That's the enemy's realm because that's where the senses are. You need something spectacular that sparkles. Dana, nothing against sparkles. Love sparkles, right? My daughter loves sparkles. But he wants you, you know, ooh, he wants to, to, to appeal to your senses just like a, you trap an animal. But we, we're deeper than that. We're living deep. I need to know what God has said. There's nothing more powerful than it is written. That means God has chosen to make this known and it's inscribed forever and no one can change it. Jesus said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Do you see where his focus is? Jesus focuses on what his father said to him. What was the father's word to Jesus just a little while ago? I'm his son. Satan's saying, you're not his son. He said, no, no, I'm living by what he just told me. Are you getting this? I'm living by what my father just said. He said, I'm his beloved son, and he's pleased with me, and you're lying to me, and I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> I'm not going to listen, because it's written. And I'm telling you, nothing will lick the devil Defeat him faster in your life than you knowing what God has said about you and speaking it directly to the enemy. Directly to him. He can't fight that. Now, he's not, he's not a, he doesn't give up right away. He kept coming at Jesus, didn't he? Next, he said again, if you are the son of God, right? So don't expect the devil to say, oh, geez, I, mean, I guess you know the Bible. I'm going to leave now. No, he wants to find out, is there any quitting you? Do you really believe what you're saying? Oh, my goodness. Do you really believe what you're saying? Do you really know what you're saying? This is why time in here is so important. I've got to marinate in this like a pickle. I love gherkin pickles. I love dill pickles. You know what a pickle is? It's a cucumber. You ever eat a cucumber out of the ground, wash it off? Tastes totally different than a pickle. What's the difference? Marinating, soaking in that liquid, man. Yeah. I heard, I don't know if that's a, a secret or not, but I heard Chick-fil-A marinates their chicken and pickle juice. I don't know. It's probably an old wives' table. I don't know. 
listen, marinate this week in what God says about you. Be a pickle. Go from a cucumber to a pickle, man. Come on. Just jump in the jar and sit there. Romans 5.17 is the, is the liquid you're going to marinate in this week. Romans 5.17, Psalm 27.1. If you marinate in that, then when you speak to Satan, he sees in your eyes that you know what you're talking about. If you don't know it, he's going nowhere. You've got to know this in your heart like you know your name. You've got to know this in your heart like you know one and one are two. I'm not talking about knowing the whole Bible. There's things in this Bible I don't know or understand. I've read it through many times, and I'll continue to read it through over and over again for the rest of my life. But I don't understand the whole Bible. But I, I, I've, I know His promises. They stick out to me. They leap off the page to me because they're my life. They're the bread that I eat. They're my identity. Your identity is the promises of God. Your identity is God's love for you. It's His love for you that moved Him to provide for you and to promise you what He's promised you. Let's finish up. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Here is your identity. This is who you are. You are the one whom God loves. You? Yeah, you. Let's say that. I'm the one that God loves. I'm his beloved. He's well pleased with me. I'm the one God loves me. 1 John 4.10 Your identity is found by marinating, soaking yourself in His love for you. That love is revealed to you in His promises. Are you hearing me? Are you soaking this up? This is love. Not that we loved God. Oh, that's where religion is. You got to love God. You got to do this. You got to do that. You haven't done well enough at this. You need to try harder at that. There's no life in that. Love, that's not what love is. Love is not telling you how wrong you are and how much you need to fix. That's not love. This is love. Not that, but that He loved us. He, see, that's not love. This is. That He loved us. With no, with no uh, effort on our part whatsoever. He chose to love us. That's what love is. He loved us. How did He love us? He gave us His Son. As an atoning sacrifice for our sins. John 3.16 this is your identity. You are the one God loves. You're the one God loves. This is how we know what love is. He gave His Son, John 3.16 in the Amplified, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized you that He even gave up His only begotten unique Son so that whoever, 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 whoever believes in Him. You can do that, right? Anyone can believe. 
Whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Let's look at the message translation. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. So that anyone who believes could live their true identity. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. This is the sauce we marinate in, right? Two more verses, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. This is my son, my beloved son. This is my daughter, my beloved daughter. And that is what we are. Last verse, Romans 8, 31 and 32. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Soak in that one this week, Romans 8, 31 and 32. Listen, you will no longer struggle with your identity when you stop listening to the world and start listening to your heavenly Father. Amen. Father, thank you for this special time together. Lord, we, we just acknowledge what you're doing. It's, this is beyond a, 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 any kind of religious group. This is not a, a political group. This is people that you've made experiencing you. And Lord, we are so thankful that you, that you brought this about. You brought this about. You brought us here. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for assembling us in this warehouse in East Taunton to gain our true identity. Wow. The lengths you go to to love us blows our mind. Thank you. Father, I lift up anyone here in this place and anyone who may be listening through the internet. Holy Spirit, reveal to them their true identity as your child. That they are the one you love. That they are the one you gave your son for. Strengthen them, Holy Spirit, that they'd stop listening to what man has told them, to what people have told them that they would reject the wisdom of men and accept the very wisdom of God and become your very sons and daughters. In Jesus' name.
At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.